Good morning, everyone. I'm here with Navs47, also known as Navini, uh, who is an artist putting out music in the Tamil genre and the South Asian culture, and really just a versatile artist. If you haven't heard her, I might be inclined to just say pause this, listen to it, and come back. But listen, whatever it is, you have to hear her work. But thank you for sitting down with us. We're going to talk about your origin story. We're going to talk about some of the struggles you went through, some of the plans that you have for yourself, a whole bunch of stuff. And again, being an artist. Uh, from a South Asian household and how that kind of crafted your career uh, and what it kind of brought itself into. So again, check out the full podcast below for the full interview and make sure to check out the video and be sure to follow Navs47 on Instagram. So with that out of the way, let's get this thing started. Before I start asking you the questions though, I got to give a shout out to, I believe it's Madusha of Dash the Curry, yes. that podcast. So just to give some context to people listening to this or watching this is we make a list of people we want to collaborate with. And it was probably late summer that you were on that list and we creep the profile, we listen to the music and we take in what you're about and what you're creating. But it wasn't until you were on that podcast and that interview, I'm like, there's such a rich story here. And I listened to that and I had more questions. So I DM'd you and I'm like, okay. We got to do this. So thank you for sitting down with us. Uh, what I want to know is, when did you believe in yourself and come to the decision that music was going to be your career? Not a hobby, not something that you're going to do on weekends, but you said, no, this is going to be my career. Last year. Last year. Last year, December 4th. December yes. 4th. Why yes. December 4th? What happened well, on December 4th? Well, it was my birthday. And okay. also, that's when Kadali was released. Okay. So after that song was released, I got so much love from people right and then i'm like okay so this is it that's this is it. it this is it i'm gonna do so before like that. that you were still producing music or showing up on songs or like what were you doing before december 4th 2017 so um i was still writing songs still making songs but i was not like pretty much i was doing it on my own right for my family and my close friends so it was more like a hobby just for your own way to kind of get out your creative juices yes yes right yeah and then it wasn't until you released that song, yes. getting the feedback, you're like, okay, we're going to yes. do this. Yeah. What were the first steps after that? So when you decide that you're going to make this your career, what did you start doing? So after that, um, I was traveling for a bit, right. not for music. So um, when the song was released, I was actually on my way to Sri Lanka for a wedding, okay. for my friend's wedding. Yeah. So when I was in Sri Lanka, then I met some cool people there who right. heard my music. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, can you just come to the studio and then, you know, perform? Right. Um, and later when I came back to Canada, yeah. I went to a event, a club event, and people were like, you're navs, you're navs. Oh my God, you can't wait on the line. Just keep the line and go in. <laughs> so you already, when, you already were growing and people were hearing about you before you even started like marketing yes. or doing anything. Yeah, pretty much. So because during that time I was already like away and when I came back, like Toronto was different. Toronto was treating me differently. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, "What's going on?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's when I realized, oh, okay, so I am getting um, so much support and love from people. So. You're seeing almost like the feedback to the hard work you're putting in. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, it's only been I mean, it's almost like a year and a week. Right. Since Pretty much. you officially went down this road. Yes. Do you think that you found your sound yet? Because the reason I ask this is when I listen to your music and some of the things that you've worked on in the past, there's a wide range there. Right. So do you find that you feel like you found your voice or are you still kind of discovering who you are as an artist? Um, I think I always knew who I am as mm -hmm. an artist, 
but I wasn't comfortable enough to show it to the world. Okay. But now I'm comfortable. I'm yeah. confident. I'm like, this is me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I don't care if you accept me for yeah. who I am, but this is what I'm going to do. Right. I know that I don't have like a specific sound. Sometimes I'm singing. Sometimes I'm rapping. Sometimes I'm talking about fun stuff, but sometimes I'm like actually talking about real issues that's happening. Right. So yeah. I'm like all over the place, but if that's what makes me me, right. might as well just do it. Yeah. And when you describe yourself as an artist, because, you know, people will listen to your music and they'll say, oh, the rapper now is 47 or the singer now is 47. Yeah. So how do you describe yourself as a musician? I think I just want to be called an artist. An artist. Yes. Because you're really just versatile in both ways you feel and that's kind of who yeah. you are. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So don't call her a rapper. Don't call her a singer. Call her an artist. <laughs> when you... Or Naviniaka. Or Naviniaka. <laughs> okay. So we got to go down that path. Now that you brought it up. Where did this character come from? What, what was the, you know, the birth of Naviniaka? Where did this come from? Um, Which Naviniaka, for those that don't speak the language, essentially means like big sister Navini, yes, right? Yes. Where did she come from? Um, oh, wow. That's a, that's a very interesting story because like most of my family, mm -hmm. um, like aunties and uncles, they would often tell their kids, you see Naminika? Yeah. Don't be like her. Don't be like her. Don't be like her. Because so this is when? When did this? Was this always there, or was, it was this always there? Always it was there. Always there. Like I am. I was like the bad cousin. Why? I was like. Why did you get the stigma? <laughs> we need to know now. Because I think like I'm such a vayadi. Um, I talk back. Yeah. And um, sometimes you don't keep your opinions within. You're willing no, to say I, what it yeah, is. Call like, a spade a spade. So everybody was scared. Like even my family members right. were scared to talk to me because I was like, what? Like. Right. Come again. Yeah, so yeah. I had that kind of attitude. So um, obviously, elderly people, like they don't want their kids to yeah. you know, like grow up and be like that towards, especially towards their parents. Right. So they would say, don't be like Naminika. Don't be like Naminika. Then I started drinking. Again, <laughs> don't be like Naminika. Then I didn't go to school. Don't be like Naminika. Because this, this sounds like, again, some people might listen to this and be like, wait, why is that such a big deal? But in South Asian culture, yeah. you know, women often have to be conservative. Yes. You shouldn't drink. You shouldn't talk back. You should just be quiet and listen yes. and behave. Yes. Uh, which is ludicrous. Again, Western society, it's crazy to even think that. But this is still present in today. Yes. So when you were kind of flipping this on its head, did you think, I'm going to make this more of a message and of empowerment? Or was it just you who just, gives a fuck? Just me expressing myself. Right, 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 right. Yes. Like, I, I don't think that... Uh, people need to look up to me or right. people need to follow me mm -hmm. but it's just me accepting me for who I am that's it mm. I'm expressing myself I don't want to hide but you, you know, get like, feedback and I, and I look at your stories like you're getting people saying they look up to you yeah. that you empower them that you inspire them they'll, they'll use your hashtags I see guys and girls using <laughs> your hashtag you know what I mean yes how does that like does that shock you sometimes yes. or weird yes I, I when i see people saying nice things to me because i'm not used to it right so i'm always like me like i don't know how to react to it but right, right, like right. i'm very humbled by like all those sweet messages that i receive right and people respect me like mm. usually like when you talk to other famous artists they tell me like female artists they tell me that there's nasty messages they get you mm. know people are not nice to them yeah. but i don't get that kind of yeah that kind of like messages from people. I think they're scared. Yeah, they're yeah. like, Naminika is going to lose her cool on me or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. But I don't get that. I only get that. And I'm going to get to that first. But what, when you're in your space right now and you're seeing what this Naminika movement is kind of becoming, do you feel more responsibility that maybe you can use it to spread more positivity through this hashtag? Or is it more about 
whatever happens happens so yeah then? whatever happens happens but okay. like what i want to do is i want to i want to be the voice for like younger girls yeah um and uh, you know like i've met so many young girls like you know everywhere i go like tamil like mm. india mm. so when i hear these stories and i'm like i need to i need to talk about this right. i want to use like this platform right. to to support them mm-hmm. because like right now like it's a, it's a trend right everything mm. that you do it's so like easily it can it can affect you negatively right and i want to be that voice for like young women yeah, or yeah, like yeah. women in general so is that sort of the higher purpose that motivates you through your music or is there something else that really is pushing you through your music and like you know you aspire to yeah like i want to do a lot of social work i don't know um if you watch my story when i was in rwanda uh, yeah oh yeah we yeah. watched all your stories we did a lot of investigating before this so you were in rwanda right yes. what were you doing in rwanda so um they had a conference for family planning okay and they invited me mm-hmm. as uh, a guest to attend and perform for that event that wow. happened in kigali so i was the only tamil artist which uh, group was this that reached out to you was it an association or a charity or yeah so um Trevor who is part of uh, the UN he is a UN ambassador gotcha. he reached out to me wow. um through Instagram yeah, yeah 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 Instagram is making me famous yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so through Instagram um he messaged me saying that hey this is what we're working on yeah. it would be nice to have you on the track and I said I only make music in Tamil yeah. so are you sure you want me in the song right. they're like yeah sure like just just do your thing wow. then um it was a last minute thing I I called uh, Sean I'm like there's this song that I need to record and send it to them as soon as possible can yeah. I come in he's like yeah, yeah, yeah come yeah. in so we recorded the song send it they liked it and next thing you know as I was in Rwanda wow yes so what walk us through that experience you go and you record this thing and you're going to a country I'm going to assume you've never been to before no working with people you've never interacted before this what was that experience like and how have you grown from that um like you said it's like a completely different country completely different culture mm-hmm. but once you go to countries like india mm-hmm. you can go anywhere in the world okay so i was like we're going to come back to that if, but yeah if my mom is okay with me going to india alone right she is probably not going to stop me from going, going to 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 rwanda yeah. or anywhere else yeah, so yeah. i went there um and i didn't i knew these guys that i did the music the the song with yeah. but other than that nobody i went in and there were people who picked me up from the airport yeah. and then uh, they brought me to the hotel yeah. and i had a a nice view a nice room yeah, everybody yeah. was like guiding me through everything the Just process amazing for us all right it was it was amazing yes right, right, right. what have you learned from that experience that you're taking with you you know throughout your career is there something that was like kind of pivotal there yes i saw a lot of um young people mm-hmm. doing a lot of social work right um encouraging like a lot of youngsters there's a lot of uh government funds that's mm-hmm. available for youth development and all these wow. things i was able to learn about it when i was in rwanda right 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 and i wanted to do that on my own mm-hmm. in in the future like human trafficking is something right. that i want to like you know yeah. i want to work Change for an organization yeah. or like you know like have my own organization yeah. and fight for it fight yeah. against that yeah. i don't know why human trafficking but it was something that always bothering me right 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 just an idea of people being forced to do labor or like anything in general when yeah, you're yeah. being forced to do yeah it's just because a lot yeah. of people will have this calling and it might be one thing it might be drug abuse it might be you know right whatever it may be yeah but that was what you know kind of called you yes. there's something personal that happened or was it something that you just you heard stories and that kind of like held on to your psyche no it it just like 
when I was a kid, I don't even know what human trafficking was. Right. But when I used to watch movies yeah. or when I like hear in the news or like in the radio, it made me so angry. Mm. I don't know why. I wasn't affected by it. My family wasn't affected by it. Yeah. But when I hear There's about There's no like second cousin somewhere or anything. No. But you just heard these stories. Yeah. And it just got your blood boiling in a way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it happens very often. Yeah. Oh, no, it's for sure. I mean, you walk to the airport now and you're going to customs and they have the posters now that, you know, watch out for the signs and right. report it if you see it. And it's something right. that I don't know. It's hard to know if it's getting worse or if things are being done to get better because... We, we don't hear about these, yeah, right? Yeah, things yeah. On, on the, in the news or anything like that. But also my first song, my first very first song that I wrote when I was 15, which yeah. is called Malika, yeah. it's about a little girl who was like a child labor, so which right, right, kind of right. relates to human trafficking. Yeah. And that song was, like it came in my dream, the right. song. And then, then that was like the no first way. song that I wrote. It was so weird because I was already like into these kind of things. And then my first song happens to be about a little girl yeah, who was yeah. a child labor. And I'm like, yo, this has to be it. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because we're going to go down that rabbit hole because Sometimes you'll have dreams and they spark something that you end up creating or whatever it may be. Right. And I'm sure content creators or any kind of creator watches, whether you're a photographer, a videographer, sometimes it happens to people. And yeah. you try to explain it to other people and they just think you're crazy. Yes. Has that happened to you more than once where you've had this dream or something that kind of sparked a creative process? Or was that the first time and only time? No, it happens very often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens very often to me. Like sometimes like I would write about something. The next thing that you know is all of a sudden someone asking me to do an interview and right. talk about like, I don't know, like human trafficking or like um, women empowerment. Yeah. And then I'm like, how does this happen? Yeah. So it's almost I like serendipitous how these things fall into place. Absolutely. And then universe hears you, right, all the time. Mm -hmm. It's paying attention to what you're doing, yeah, what yeah. you're writing down. Yeah. So, like, and the energy you're putting out, really. Right. And then um, every time I write down something, my songs, it always somehow connects to people, right. connects to organization who want to, like, you know, want me in their work. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah it just, it's magic. So is your goal now just to put out the best music that you can put out to grow this sort of audience, to grow the people that are paying attention and then use that for some sort of social good? Is that sort of the strategy or is there more things in play here? Because um, I hate to simplify, simplify these things because I'm sure you have like thousands of ideas. Yeah. So the thing is, I want to do music for myself, right? Okay. So I just put out music because I feel like I've been doing this for 15 years on my own. Right. And I just want to release all my like you know songs right but i don't have like expectation for the song so for 15 years you've always been working on music yes just privately yes and it was last year now you're just like ready to put it all yeah, out i have give books it to and world. books of songs yeah. really i can write a song like within like five ten minutes right so what okay then let's go down that pathway <laughs> then what's the process like of you getting a song do you start by looking for the beat or do you start with the lyrics first or the message like where does that uh, begin it depends sometimes like let's say for an example uh, when I'm talking to an individual and they share this story right. and I get inspired by that when I'm watching news and if I see something that affects me right. that um, that has an influence in me writing a song sometimes a beat when I listen to the beat it, it creates a different type of energy around me vibe around me and then all of a sudden you know I'm writing a song mm -hmm. so it all depends on like when it actually happens I don't know when it happens but when it happens I need to make sure that I have a pen and paper handy. right right so usually it's not like something that you're just calling upon it's you're waiting for these external factors yeah and that kind of dictates the way it goes yeah I always show up like when I know that like 
it, it's like you know it's like coming down yeah and then i'm like okay i need a pen and paper there's a pen and paper in my bag in my car <laughs> on everywhere i go i make sure that so i have it on me the people that are watching this or listening to this this is something that i'm a huge proponent of is writing things down with pen and paper don't be a person that just uses your phone or whatever so can you tell us why or do you even know why why you prefer pen and paper as opposed to just taking a note on your phone? It's a silly question for some people, but I feel like there's an underlying importance here. Yes, because back in in uh, in Sri Lanka, yeah. when um, my mom, like my dad left Sri Lanka because, yeah. you know, obvious recent war. So when he came to Canada, we were very young. So my mom wouldn't express her, her thoughts or like, her anger, anything with us because mm -hmm. we were very young. Mm -hmm. So I often saw, saw my mom mm -hmm. writing down all the feelings yeah. like in her diary. She had a black, no, brown leather diary. Right. And then she would write down everything. Yeah. And at that age, I don't know how to read, yeah. but I was so into it. Like yeah. she would write but that, so that image, that image left a lasting impression on you. Yes. And then after like when I got my first agenda in school, mm -hmm. I guess what I was writing. I was writing my life story and all the struggle that I've I've been through. So it was like an escape for me. Writing right, was right. an escape, and even till this day, like I wrote everything. And that's kind of forward thinking because you don't see a lot of South Asian parents keeping a journal, writing down their thoughts and feelings. Usually, what we're used to is bottling in everything yes. and not expressing ourselves. Like yes. just that just seems to be a cultural thing. So how much of an impact has that been on you and you moving forward? Um. So that's the start, and yeah. ever since then, like I knew that. Writing was an escape for me, whether gotcha. I'm sad, happy, or anything, like yeah. I had to write it down. Has that been almost like a secret for you that allows you to be as creative as you are? Absolutely. Yeah. So you Absolutely. hear that, folks, if you're listening to this, write things down. Because one of the things I tell people is that it's almost like dumping your brain and just putting it out. And it almost is like a release for you and a relief yes. in a way where you don't have all these things just running around in your head. It makes you feel better. Yeah. Once you like, you know, especially like when you're talking to someone, right. how you feel after you expressing yourself, it's yeah. the same thing when you're writing it down. Right, 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 right. Or talking to your mirror. I yeah. do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So every song you've produced so far starts on pen and paper. Yes. The lyrics itself, do you try to say it out sing it out rap it out and then put them down or are you trying to like actually write them down write them down first gotcha then i find a flow then okay. according to the flow if i have to take like one or two words out or like switch it up i do that right right I so that's what i want to know the song process is like do you think about it sonically or are you looking for the message yeah. like you're looking for the message first yes and then going for the flow and then going back to the message and tweaking it here yes. and there yes and I'll i like to visualize too when i hear a beat Sometimes and I, I need to visualize, okay, what kind of setting? And according to that setting, mm. I kind of like take my, my, my soul out of my body yeah. and then go to that, that situation right. and then see how I feel. And then all of a sudden I'm writing. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, I, and I want to talk about this. So when you hear a song, this, is, this might sound a little strange, but this is the way I think. So I, I just want to know if other people think it or if I'm just crazy. But do you almost envision the music video in a way? Yes. Okay. Yes. See, folks, I'm not crazy here, all right? So you, when you hear a song, you're almost hearing the setting. You talked about it, but you're seeing almost like a music video play out in real life. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, it's like, it's, it's like I said, it's like you're teleporting your body and your soul to, to that situation. Right, right, And then you're right. imagining all these people around you and right. how you feel and then all of a sudden I'm writing. So yeah. it's like, yeah. It's similar to us because, you know, if you're a photographer or videographer, you might have a shoot coming up or an artist that, you know, we're going to work together soon. And then based on that person, we try to visualize and think what that day is going to be like. You know, maybe you're a wedding photographer. 
you're already kind of visualizing what that day of that couple yes. is going to be like. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear those parallels in the music industry yes. as well. Yeah. Amazing. So when you're actually thinking of a song, say producer comes along, Sean comes along, and he has this, <laughs> you know, this beat for you. The process of you actually getting the lyrics down up until a point where you feel that it's good to release, like how long does that normally take for you? Um, ten minutes. No. Okay. No, 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 no. You're telling me the ten minutes? Ten minutes. How? How is that possible? Because I've been practicing this for fifteen years, so it has to happen within ten minutes. So in ten minutes, you've written it all down, and I've, you kinda... I've written songs within yeah. ten minutes. Kadali was, Kadali, the song was yeah. born, literally within ten minutes. I was literally humming, "Mine girl, say that," and they were like, "Okay, go to the mic and do it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the song was born then. Yeah. Which is also a favorite of one of our production team. <laughs> he had to leave right now. So that song took you ten minutes to just produce. Yeah. So wow. Givenin and Question Four One Six already finished the song. Right. So I happened to be at uh, the studio when mm. they showed me the song. I'm like, yo, this is good, but. I'm thinking maybe you should add something like "Manga Room Say That," yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were like, "Okay, yeah." Just get in the booth yes, and start yes, recording. That's how it happened. So uh, you, the two individuals you mentioned—they were part of AMU, yes. I believe, right? So yes. your path kind of goes all over. Are you work as yourself now? You've partnered with a group, I guess, before. Like, how? Tell us about that story when you start or starting off. Yeah. So AMU is Gitanen and Question Four One Six part. So what they do is they feature artists. So gotcha. um, so they featured me. In like two of their songs, gotcha. and I think we have one. So they're a duo, yes, and they'll partner with other artists, right? Awesome, awesome, awesome. So that's and you had two partnerships were pretty big, like, yes. and the videos and the visuals were really, really cool. So that was kind of your first foray, or did you have a single before that when you? No, that was like first, first yeah. music video that was shot. And what was it about you that they said, okay, we gotta work with this, we gotta work with Navs? <laughs> so I have a habit of bringing my guitar everywhere I go, like, like like parties, family mm-hmm. get together. So one of my friends And I don't even know this about you, you play the guitar. Yeah I wow. do. So but we I'm were doing all this research. We were doing our like CIA investigation. We didn't know you did you play the guitar. So that's amazing. So yeah. you can take your guitar everywhere with you. Yeah so one of my friends she said, Oh it's my birthday, we're doing a house party. Right. Bring your guitar. So right. I brought my guitar and they happened to be there. So I was playing all my songs and they were like, Naz, like you gotta come to our studio session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and that's, that's it. That's what happened. And then 10 minutes later, you have a banger. That, yes, you know, yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So after that experience, what were you thinking in terms of your own career? Were you like, okay, I gotta take this back? And is there anything you learned from that experience working with them that you took on? Or Oh yeah, they, they highly motivated me. Mm-hmm. And they seen some things that, you know, um, some of my close friends or, or some of my family members didn't see because mm-hmm. I'm not a trained singer mm-hmm. and every time I tried to sing like other songs it didn't suit my voice because I would always overpower the instrumental mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I'm like what is this I feel like I could sing but then it doesn't match with the music mm-hmm. but then I knew that rapping came to me so naturally right I'm a natural rapper I could rap easily yeah but singing takes so much from me because mm-hmm. i'm always thinking okay am i on the right pitch right is right, this right. right so but rapping is like i don't care it almost feels like second nature to you right but i mean one of the things as we were doing our research and listening to your your library your catalog um you are pretty versatile i, I mean pretty is understatement you're very versatile <laughs> in getting your you know the sounds that come out of your mouth and the fluctu- inflections and all that kind of stuff to the beat like it matches really nice. So whether you're singing, I think so. Um, you know, and when we were watching some of the stuff that you were producing, just 
there's a certain twang in the voice when you're singing or it's the rapping, the hardness or the grittiness. But you almost, not almost, you match that sort of feeling to the beat itself. So is that another 10 minutes? Like, how do you get that right? I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. It just comes to me so naturally. Okay. Like... All the people that are listening to this are upset because they were waiting for the secret sauce, but Nabs doesn't have the secret sauce for us. I, I don't. But this comes, I guess this comes from just the years and years and years of doing it on your own. Yes. And trust me, when I say that I've practiced for 15 years, I actually woke up every day and right. I used to sing all my songs. That right. was the first thing that I did. Yeah. And then I went to bed crying so many nights because I couldn't do anything about it. I really? knew my I knew that deep inside my heart, this was me like the, the the person i am today yeah was me i just didn't know i didn't have when was this so i want to talk about this because a lot of people especially creatives like they'll hit these moments where they don't see anything happening or they don't envision themselves doing what they truly want to do or love to do yeah. so these nights that you're upset you don't see it happening you're going to bed crying whatever it may be like how do you how did you navigate that how did you get through that because you're saying like, this is 15 years 15 years yeah yes so I was working for like one of the one of the reputable like financial institution. Yeah. And I found that like I was making good money. Right. I had like all the benefits. Yeah. And my my life was pretty much settled. Mm-hmm. I knew that this has a future and comfortable could, bank job, benefits. Every, yeah. Every time parents dream. dream. Yeah. 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 And but I knew I wasn't happy. I would go to work and I'd be like, please fire me. Right. Like every day. Yeah. Like I wanted to get fired so You were just bad. waiting for that package. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm not from a wealthy family. Yeah. My income was crucial. Yeah. I had to like, you know, like support my family in right. every way I could. Right. So I couldn't really like quit my job mm. or like tell my parents like take care of me. Right. Right, right, right. I couldn't do that. So every day I would go to work deep inside I'm like, I hope today I get fired. Yeah. That kind of that kind of I guess I was angry at myself because I wasn't doing anything. I I, I used to tell myself this Navini was given with this much talent. Right. Next life, this Navini could be a dog. Yeah. This Navini could be a tree. Yeah, then yeah. what are you going to do? Exactly. Worry about being a dog, a tree, next life. Yeah. But this life, you're Navini. Mm-hmm. And this Navini can write. This Navini has a story. Yeah, this yeah. Navini can sing, rap, make use of it. Do you look back at this? Because I'm hearing this and I look back and I think, I think you had to go through those 15 years of anguish. Yes. To get to where you're at, yeah. and to be the full, ver- the fully Absolutely. version of yourself, or do you look back and regret, like I should have just stuck to my guts? No, no. I think this is the right time. Right. That uh, you know, I think if if Nav's forty seven came out of her basement uh, two years ago, I right. don't think people would be more welcoming than they are right now. Really? Now speaking Tamil is a trend. Yeah. Now saying that you were Jimmy Key Potte is yeah. a trend. Yeah. Now having Tamil tattoos all over your body is it's a trend. It's comfortable. It's comfortable now. Right. Before, Especially because white people are doing it more and more. Right. Yeah. And before, when I used to speak in Tamil in high school, people called me a fob. Yeah. My own people called me a fob. Yeah. My own people didn't want to support me. I want to bring that up too because this whole uh, fob fresh off the boat thing was, yes. this is my thoughts on it. And I think is that it's something that... Uh, Westerners created yeah and it's something that unfortunately we ourselves picked up and divided ourselves and it's almost creates this kind of infighting and separation between us that someone from my own country we don't see each other as equals now we're different I'm better than you which is pretty scary it is it's sad yeah it's sad and you still hear it today like it's not completely eliminated no like whenever I hear the word fob I get 
so angry. I'm yeah, like, yeah. why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see any any Caucasian people calling you fob anymore. Yeah, that's true. It's like our own people it's doing really, that. Truly, thing. yeah, truly. Like it's, it's almost yeah. they've realized how negative that is before our own people have realized that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So how do you navigate that? I'm sure you've had have to deal with that and people calling you that and that kind of stuff. What did you do in those things? Yeah, I always stood up for for myself. Yeah, yeah. That's how my mom raised me. Yeah. What this is when Naviniaka comes out. Yeah, and nobody wants to be Naviniaka, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mom taught me to like no matter what, if somebody does something wrong, right. even if you're alone, speak up. Mm-hmm. And now she regrets it because I talk back to her all the time. So now she regrets it. Yes. Because you mentioned this on the Dasha Curry podcast yes. as well. Yes. Your mom now has to deal with it as well from her side. Yes. Like my first encounter talking back to someone yeah. was when I was like seven years old. Right. I was in Sri Lanka. Yeah. And uh, there was this auntie who was my neighbor. Yeah. She would ask me to do her house chores. Yeah. But her kids were my age. Yeah. So one day my mom happened to pass by the house and she see me running around helping her. Yeah. She called me. She goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just helping her. I'm like, yeah. do you do that to, for me? And I said, no. <laughs> Have I ever asked you to clean the house? I said, no. Yeah. Then how dare you do it for another woman? Yeah, yeah. Go back to her and tell her yeah. that this never ever ask another kid who's not yours yeah. to do your house chores. And I said, oh, I can't do this. She's like, if you're not going to do what I say, you're not coming back home. Wow. So I walked from my house to her house, this lady is like, we're talking about a 30, 35 yeah, year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and you're like, seven at this time. I was seven. Yeah. And then when I told her, yeah. the walk that I had from her house to my house, yeah. I felt like I could face anything. Wow. I felt like a boss. Yeah, yeah. I felt unstoppable. Your mom can't have regrets. She lit the fire. You can't you can't take that back now. Yeah, tell her that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll have to have a follow up show with her and interview and tell her I'm yeah, sorry. She this, she created Namika. You, you built it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she created Namika. So I mean we talked about you being this comfortable bank job. Eventually you did make this transition. December fourth, yes. twenty seventeen happens. Yes. So what was that conversation like with your family, with your parents and telling them all of this? Like you had to tell them. Yeah. They do know what's going on. Yeah, so when I told Hopefully them... Hopefly you're not finding out on this podcast that you're a singer-rapper all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. No, um, when they found that, they thought that I was going to find another job. Because I'm, like, very much qualified. Right. You know, like, I'm bilingual. Right. And um, I have, like, five years of customer service experience, yeah. so I could find a job anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But then two months went by, three months went by. They're like started getting worried and then I say I'm going to India I'm mm. going to Sri Lanka mm. I'm going to Switzerland mm. they at this point they're like what are you doing right is this really what you want to do right find a full-time job and do this part-time yeah but then I tell them no that's what I want to do right 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 and what is their what's their temperament right now right now they're pretty much fed up <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is like the typical story is that brown parents yes will just perpetually be disappointed in you yes until they see your face on a billboard then all of a sudden they're like oh that's my daughter yeah by the way but but we know what's funny even till this day if anybody calls my house my mom goes oh my daughter works at the bank (laughs) and i'm like she still says that she still says that she doesn't want to tell people that i'm a rapper right right, my daughter is a rapper she's a musician because you know what like I, i understand her because like yeah, all yeah. her friends their kids are like graduated and well, all that and again our parents are usually product of their environment and for them that's something that's like so 
ingrained in their like psyche. Yes, but the moment when I sing for Arama, yeah. then she's gonna call all those people and right. be like, "My daughter." Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah as soon as you're part of the soundtrack for some big hit movie or whatever it is, yes. yeah. All then then, sudden, then she's your daughter. Yes. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. of a sudden, it's, yeah, my daughter. Is Does that like with me. your emotions, or you just kind of accept that? Oh, as... Oh, it affects me. Yeah, it affects me. Yes. So how do you how do you deal with that? Because I mean, at the end I of the write... you write it all out. Yeah. Do you express it through your music at all, or? Yeah, sometimes, right, sometimes, right. but mostly like when it affects me, especially it affects me when it comes from my mom. Mm-hmm. So I would just go downstairs, mm-hmm. my creative uh, spot, mm-hmm. and then I would write it down. Right. And then I feel so much better. Right, right. How can you be angry at your mom? How right. long can you be angry? You can't. You can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the next day morning, she will be like, "Mutta kopi varuma, injiti varuma." Like she will totally forget about what she said to yeah. me. And then it's like reset again. There's something about South Asian families where they can sleep it off and like all the anger and animosity is gone somehow. Yeah, especially with mothers. Mothers are yeah. good at doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then next day it's like reset button. And then it will happen again. Right. And then I'll like, I'll feel down. Yeah. And sometimes I told myself, I'm going to move out. Yeah. Because yeah. like that kind of environment, you don't want to be in that kind of environment. It right. kind of affects. It's almost um, like you have your guards up all the time. Yeah. But other than, other than like, you know, few situation where like she tells me go find a job yeah um, but when I record my music and I show it to her like like I can see that she's proud do you ever play the music for your mom do you ever like yeah because try to win her over almost in a way yes what so, did she say so she came to Kota Fest that was her first time watching yeah so you, you were performing at Kota Fest downtown Toronto young and Dundas yes like this is something that a parent should be super excited yes. about what happened there so I performed with Sean Vincent DePaul right uh, so she came, it was her first time seeing me on stage. Right. And I heard she cried. Really? I heard she cried. And Were that they was happy tears? Yeah, happy tears. Okay. Sure. <laughs> if she cried because of uh, sad tears, I mean, that no, was. No, no, she heard me wow. perform that song about like child labor. Right. And then she cried. And next day morning, um, she came all the way downstairs with her, with my mutakopi. So my mom doesn't do that. Yeah, so yeah. when she came all the way These downstairs. These are the small like, things that parents do to show appreciation. Right. When they come all the way downstairs to bring you your breakfast. That was it. That was it. And then she goes, So what are people singing? Yeah. So I knew that she was super proud. Right, right, right. But then right. she has her moments, you know. It's like like up, and down, up, up and down, up and down. Like you're supposed to get married at your age. Like I was married. I'm like, yeah, at your age you were married and you had a yeah. kid. Doesn't mean that I have to do the same. Right, 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 right. Because yes. that's the thing for everyone is like at a certain age, like you have to get married, you have to do this thing and all this lifestyle. And that's pressured. It's almost like they feel the pressure and then they're putting it onto you, that kind of thing. Yeah, right? yeah. So, I mean, I feel like if she was kind of... Uh, exposed to the feedback and the way people are resonating with your music and the the way it makes them feel that it could change your mind. Did you ever try that or is it something that you're just like, you know what, it is what it is. I'm going to do and focus as much as I can on my craft and whatever happens. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm focusing on, you know, making sure that I put uh, put on my music, I work right. on myself right. and when when the right time comes, my mm-hmm. mom is gonna be super proud of me. Yeah, yeah and then she's gonna be proud to say that my mom, my mom, I want her one day to say that my daughter doesn't work for the bank. Mm-hmm. She's actually an artist, and she's a. That's rapper. one of your goals. That's what? my goal. Change? Not to make like this much money or anything like that. Yeah. That day when my mom has to pick up the phone and yeah. be like, you know what, my mom, my daughter is no longer employed with the bank. She does yeah, this yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that would that would make my life. I feel like part of it is now we have to go back to her and tell her all these things and try to convince her, like other people other than you, right? Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about your journey as well because you were born in Sri Lanka, came to Canada first, or yes. like what what was your origin story? Yeah, like? so I was uh, born in Sri Lanka, yeah, and then I came to Canada. I lived in Montreal, right, for like ten years. Then right. I moved to Toronto. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. So how has that experience in Montreal shaped you? Uh, Montreal. 
I know that you've been to Montreal before. Of course. So yeah. the culture is so different over there. Yeah. Like, uh, I wasn't going to say anything. I want to hear it from you. Yeah. yeah. So, so th they have a different fashion sense, different yeah. way of living. Right. And I think that being born in Sri Lanka, I had a nice childhood. Yeah. And I have like, like a so sheltered. Much. Yes. Yeah. It, it was a nice childhood memory because, um, I was, I was going to school there. I had like a lot Where of friends. Where in Sri Lanka? Uh, Colombo. Nice. Colombo. Nice. So you grew up in the capital city. Yes. Sheltered life. Everything was comfortable. Yes. And then for some reason, your parents just took you and brought you into Montreal, which is like a culture shock in a way. Yes. But I, right now, I'm very adaptable because of that. I can mm. adapt to any situation because like my, my parents like, you know, like shifted. Like every time I felt comfortably in one spot, right. boom, we're moving to Toronto. Right, right. So it always happened. But right now, like... I'm very adaptable. You tell me like tomorrow we're doing this. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like that kind of like worked in right, a way. Yeah, right. it kind of shaped me into this industry because yeah, yeah. in this industry, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Today I'm here in two days. They will be like, there's a thing happening. Come with us. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I interrupted you, but you were talking about Montreal. Like, it was a different culture there, different, different fashion, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was it more negative than positive. Like, how does that compare to you living and working in Toronto? I think that Toronto life is much more busier, and I think that people are constantly like work, work, work. They're highly motivated, not in a bad way. Yeah. But I think they're money driven. Yeah. But Montreal is not like that. They're very laid back. Mm -hmm. It's more like a European culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, it's like, very Parisian they, in certain ways. Yeah. Right? If yeah. they have twenty dollars, they would rather spend it. On going out, then yeah. in Toronto, if you have twenty dollars, you would think twice before spending it. You yeah, want to yeah. save it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's the culture different, I would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How much has travel played into your lifestyle? Because you're talking about all these journeys and all these places that you're going. And you know, one thing we've said in multiple episodes is if you can do anything for yourself and invest in yourself, is travel. Yeah. Go to a culture that you don't speak the language, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Is this something that you try to plan and do as often as possible, or? Uh, it just happens to me, and I'm blessed in that yeah. way. Uh, especially the trip to Rwanda. I never thought that in Rwanda I would be singing in Tamil. Yeah. Out of like all the other countries, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Rwanda. So <coughs> I think that every time I travel, I meet people, I learn something from them. Right. Um. So in in Rwanda, I met these like cool people, mm. um, producers and artists, and uh, they have a really really good stories as well. Like, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And it kind of empowers me. That kind of motivates me. I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one who wants to do this social yeah, yeah, work. Yeah. There's other people who who enjoy mm. making music and doing social work. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. Like, it's, it's like advocacy music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after going to these travels, and you're you're flying out to Switzerland soon yes. to perform at another event. Did you start making a list of like, okay, I'd love to go here. I'd love to work with these kind of people. Do you have that, or is this something that you just I'm, I'm open, for. yeah, I'm okay. open. Like I, I, I said this before, um, I am open to work with anybody. It doesn't matter like how many followers they have, how popular they are. Right. As long as like they're good, if, if they have a good sound, they're unique, yeah, yeah. I'm down to work with anybody. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Is there a dream list that you have though? I do. I want to work with A.R. Alman. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like Yogi B. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Yogi I think B, his Dr. Burn. birthday was actually a couple of days ago or something like that. Oh, I oh. thought I saw it. Okay. Yeah, Dr. Burn is someone that, like, I would love yeah. to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Sean Vincent DePaul, I already work with him, but, yeah. like, I want to continue to work with him. Right, so there right. are some people in my life that I want to continue to, you know, grow and, yeah. you know, explore and work with them. Right, well. right, right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I kind of want to go down a different path now. As you navigate the music industry as a woman, has it been more difficult or unnecessarily difficult or unsavory in certain ways or has it been smooth sailing so far for you? Because here's the thing, there's always a stereotype of being a famous woman, even on Instagram, even in general. Yeah. 
that you attract a certain negativity, trolls, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Has that been present or has it been pretty okay? Um, I, I like to think that I don't have haters. Mm -hmm. I like to think that everybody likes Navinyaka. Yeah. So I think it, it, it hasn't affected me negatively. It's good to there's, hear. There's always people out there, they're waiting to attack you. Right. But I attack myself all the time. <laughs> So with my own hashtag, so it doesn't really matter. So almost you kind of approach it self-deprecating. You're always critical of yourself, yeah. so it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So when you put out this music, and again, you, you say 10 minutes, but I imagine that there's way more effort and thought behind it anyway, even in those 10 minutes. Yeah. If you put it out and you get negative feedback or people that don't enjoy it, like how do you, how do you respond to that, or does it even bother you at all? So when I make music, Usually, like I show it to like my family, my close friends, mm -hmm. and so far I've been only getting positive feedback. Okay. So even if it's not a positive feedback, I always go with my gut feelings. Right. If my if I am happy when I hear the music that I recorded, yeah, I release it. I don't care who's gonna view it, even yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. like one view and if it, that's me, yeah, that satisfies me. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't have like a. I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but I don't have like a super high expectation of my music to blow up. I mean, it's one of the things we talked about before, you know, on the channel is that put out the content and then just try to make it better than the last. Yes. Like that's all you can aspire to. As opposed to like overthinking and crippling yourself that you never produce anything, you never release anything. Yeah. Right? Because wow. you don't know, like you have to be consistent with your work. Mm -hmm. It's like Naveenyaka is kind of like, you know, uh, on the hot seat right now. Right. But I, another person could come in this industry and then Naveenyaka is no longer going to be in and the hot seat. take that wave and do it. And, and that's okay. Right. You know, somebody asked me like, oh, people are saying that, you know, you're just another Tamil artist yeah. who's going to try and then just gonna fail yeah and I'm like why does it matter yeah if I fail yeah. if me going after my dreams and pursuing my passion yeah throughout that if I fail it's not a failure yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think one of the things that you can correct me if I'm wrong is the, sh the sheer willingness to go down this path and explore it like that that there's joy in that as well yes to go and do these things to fail to to win succeed in any kind of which way Learn. being on the path itself that's the reward Yes. Not even getting to the end goal, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just happy that I had the courage to do this full time. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people like kind of look at me, I'm like, I wish yeah. I could do this. Yeah. yeah, at one point in my life, I said, I wish I could do this yeah, until yeah. I took my first step. Right. And all you got to do is to take the first step. Yeah. You know, I mentioned this before at Dash the Curry interview yeah, yeah. as well. Taking the first step is the hardest, but once you do, everything else, the universe kind of works for you. Right, right. Because they see your effort. You know, the universe is watching you. When you when 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 you take the first effort, yeah. first step, it knows that you're putting so much energy into this. Yeah. So it takes you to as the second It almost step. rewards that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's how I feel. The show itself is called Controlled Chaos, our podcast, the the YouTube series, because we literally just bounce around like ping pongs going from subject <laughs> to subject. Uh, I want to talk about you being a middle child. So you have an older sister and a younger brother, right? So no, so technically we're four. There's you might four. wonder how come you're a middle child. I'll okay, tell you why. Okay, okay, okay. So there's four of you. Four. So older sister. Older sister. Me. Okay. Brother. Brother. And younger sister. Younger sister. Brother doesn't count on the list because he's a boy. Gotcha. Okay? So he's the so he's one boy. So he's like in a special category. Yes. Then you got the youngest and the oldest. They have a special category. Yes. And okay. then there's me. <laughs> 
So this does this add into like the tropes of your family kind of treating you a certain way or No, cuz I I felt like I couldn't look up to my older sister in certain situations. Right. And I couldn't look up to my younger sister. She would get a different kind of treatment where she was allowed to do certain things. Right. And they would baby my younger sister and I'm like, "Uh, what about me?" Yeah. So like I was I would do anything to get my mom's attention, my yeah. parents' attention, and yeah. that's even me getting in trouble. Apparently, first day of school, I hit a girl, yeah. and my mom. You had say to apparently, like you weren't there. Did you or did you not? <laughs> apparently, I don't. Or is this a legal <laughs> thing where you have to say allegedly I hit a woman? Uh, we don't know. I was. It was my first day of school. Okay. So my mom told me this story. So when I, I feel like people are going to hear this and are going to DM you. Did you or did you not hit this woman? <laughs> I was a child. Okay, we're not going to answer it on this show then. Mm, I did. Okay, <laughs> oh, did. I did. I did. Okay, all right. So, so my mom, my mom uh had to come pick me up from school and she yeah. was like, "Oh, why did you do that?" I'm like, "I don't know." She said something, yeah, so yeah. I hit her. And then that became my nature. I would always stand up for my siblings. Like right. my older sister would come to me and be like, "So this person said something." And I would be like, yeah. "So what did you say to my yeah. older sister?" I would do the same thing with my brother, yeah. with my younger sister. Yeah. So like again, like everybody was scared of me. Yeah, when yeah. they see Naminika enter the school, they're like, "Oh, Naminika's yeah. coming." Like, you know in this Indian South Indian uh, movie, like when you see a rowdy walking yeah. and then everybody yeah. starts running. All of a sudden the theme music changes the camera zooms in on this person yes. yeah so so that was me i'm hearing this and i'm like all this kind of uh things that happen like the salt and pepper experiences throughout your life kind of crafted to who you are and kind of almost prepared you in a way absolutely. for the music industry absolutely so yeah as a middle child i i was always seeking for attention and mm. when i get in trouble that's when i got the attention mm. so i love getting in trouble mm. it was like me climbing a tree and falling from yeah, the tree yeah. on purpose it's like so at least you're paying attention to me yes now. and yeah, i yeah. loved it yeah. and uh, i know that some people are like what's this middle child syndrome like yeah, yeah. it is real right, it is right. real if you talk to middle children they would be like i am with navinika <coughs> on this because it's true yeah, yeah it's yeah. true yeah. yeah you spoke about your uh, siblings as well do they are they in the creative field of any kind or are they just kind of like completely opposite of what you're doing? They are so talented, so creative. Yeah. And they support me with like everything they could. My oldest sister, she draws. Yeah. Like she is an artist. Gotcha. Um and my brother, yeah. um he was into like boxing and yeah. like he was very supportive. Yeah. And he also helps me with my flows sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And my younger sister plays the piano. Wow. So like my my father plays the guitar, my right. grandma plays the piano, yeah. but like we never took like proper lessons. Right. You know? Yeah. Um so it was almost self-taught, self-practice. Exactly. exactly. Right, right, right. So like we are all like artistic in our own way, right. but out of them, I think I was the only one who was like forget this, forget this routine life and everything. Yeah. I'm going to go do this. Yeah, yeah. And then now they support me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do they express themselves in any kind of way or is it still there kind of like going through and they do this more as a hobby? Uh they do it as a hobby. Gotcha. But at the same time like whatever they could do with their time, yeah. like my older sister will paint um, like whenever she has free time mm-hmm. and my younger sister would be like do you want to have a jam session and then we will make music nice. my brother would join and my yeah, brother yeah. could make beats too yeah, so yeah. yeah like we are all like and know? I'm hearing this household and I'm like this is not your typical South Asian let alone Tamil household everyone seems to be expressive like your father playing musical instruments your mother writing things down and being a radio personality yeah. and all your siblings expressing themselves whether it's physically or through art whatever it may be in certain ways like this is the norm, you know, for a South Asian yes. household. Like yes. most of it is like, 
hit the books, go to school, behave, and don't fuck it up for right. the rest of us kind right. of thing, right? So the only person who's going to graduate from school yeah. would be my younger sister. Really? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone else decided to follow their own path. Yes. Amazing. Yes. So does that mean she still gets more preferential treatment? Absolutely. <laughs> One time she told me, oh, uh, I want Marina, uh, her name is Marina, yeah. Marina to finish her school, get her PhD. Yeah. Why don't you go find a job at a call center? I'm like... <laughs> Are you serious? They just want to belittle you to that. Yes, and I was so angry that day. And I, yeah. I remember going back to my oldest sister. Her name is Rebecca. And I said, could you believe my mom Like our, like mom said this? And she's yeah. like, well, what do you think? Yeah. Like, But yeah, yeah, yeah. don't let that affect you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It's funny because I hear this stuff. And I'm looking back and I always think about it because I don't even think my mother knows what I do. Like she knows. <laughs> it's funny because like she knows that I have a very stable job that I love doing that funds all the extra stuff that I want to do and the extracurriculars and we'll get gigs and to do video shoots and do photo shoots and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think she has any idea that we do all this podcasting videos, all these shoots or anything like that. So, you know, I'm talking to you and I'm wondering how many people out there almost go and create these things and create amazing things. I'm not saying I create, but I'm just saying do these amazing things and their parents are not even privy to it. They have no idea. Yeah. And, you know, it's for me to be a young father, it would be scary for me to imagine that my son would go and create things and I wouldn't know. Like, I feel like I'd want to be a part of that. Yes. So do you almost feel like they're missing out? Like, like they, they're the ones that are losing on this relationship because they're not invested in your journey at this time? Um, yeah, I, I feel that way. Yeah. But I also know that when the right time comes, right. like, you know, like, I know that I could feel, like, yeah. you know, like, at one point, it felt like it was like my dreams and my my path was like way, way, way longer than right. like I would expect it to be. Right. But now I feel like it's I could see it. Right. So for me to like feel like I could see the path, I yeah. could, I could, I could everything that I envi- envisioned long time ago. Yeah. It's finally like I could reach it. Yeah. So when I feel that way, I know that sooner or later they're going to be like super happy and proud. Yeah. And you have to understand as a parent, they want me to settle down because they think that settling down and having a family is what what success is. What success looks like. Yeah, yeah. so that's all they know. Yeah. They don't know this path. Yeah. Like my mom, if she followed her passion and yeah. her dreams, she wouldn't be a housewife right now. Right. She would be a housewife plus she would have a name for herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one time I told my dad, like, you know, like all the talent that Amma has? Yeah. I don't want to be at her age and say that I wanted to be that. And just live in regret. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, in a way, I think that when the right time comes, yeah. they're going to, like, you know. Yeah. And then it's going to be like an I told you so moment. Yeah. Right. But what you mentioned, this seeing this clear path, uh, I think that's something that other content creators and other people that are either listening or watching this should understand is that at some point in time when you get over that hurdle and just start putting out your work and start creating the like you said the universe just works in a way and then it just becomes you have like this moment of clarity like aha like this is what i wanted to do the funny thing is for us in january i didn't know i was going to be sitting down with you and having this conversation but i've been planning it for so long i knew what it is and as we started to put out content it just became clearer and clearer until it was like laser focused. Like this is what yes. we're about. We are gonna go talk to creators in different spaces, give them all of our resources, share their story, create content for them, and hopefully that empowers other people. Yes. And so, also, what you're doing is amazing because we do need people like you. Thank you, but okay. I don't want to make this about <laughs> what we're doing. But you know, again, for us, it's like 
your journey, your story, there's so many people out there that are going through that, that either have parents that want to have them fit into a box, or maybe there's societal pressures or environmental pressures that don't allow them or, you know, restrict them from expressing themselves and being creators and being, you know, really creative in their own way. And I think that it's important we tell that story, like, no, make it, like, do it, right? And it takes time and effort. So when you see your path in terms of, like, the goals you want to achieve, did you put a time limit on when you're going to achieve them? Or is this something that, no, I'm just going to keep doing it and it, when it happens, it happens? No, I do put a put a time limit. So last year, December 4th, I told myself, yeah. this year, December 4th, yeah. if I don't get enough support from people... What's enough support? What, what did you Enough support, meaning, like, I, I wanted people to have a response for my songs. Okay. You did, know? You, did you quantify that in any way? Did you put a number to it? Or were you just like, it's a feeling that you'll It's a feeling. Gotcha. It's a feeling. Okay. Support from people... Uh, people or like putting out two music videos yeah or collabing with three artists yeah, like yeah. my numbers were like very very low yeah um reaching 10k followers yeah. which i did yeah so these were uh, these were my short-term goals right, right and right. i said if by december 4th i don't get this then i need to do something different so you were telling me that if you didn't hit these goals by december 4th you would have just stopped it yeah and you would have met one back to the yes. bank life not and, bank the, life. and the world would have been deprived of all this stuff yeah Jeez. Like, I, I, I know it sounds like, oh, I gave up too soon. But yeah. then I knew that I had so much potential. And I knew that one year... It was almost like year, a fire. It was almost yeah. like that motivated you yes, more. Yes, it's like one year, I wanted to reach 10K. Yeah. I wanted to do put out two music videos. I didn't say I needed, like, this many this many views or stuff like that. Yeah. I knew what I wanted to put out as content. Right, right, right. Um, so if it doesn't happen, then I'm going to have a plan B. Right. Or maybe like do this part-time because right. I need money. Right, right, right. Of course. And then this December 4th, I told myself a different set of goals. Yeah, if yeah. I don't achieve it next December 4th, mm-hmm. then I'm going to do this and this action. I'll ask you. You don't have to share But can you share some of those goals? What your next 2019 is going to look like? Yeah. So I want to um, work with few artists that I have in mind. So I you want have a list to... of people that you want to collab with? Yes. And also, I want to work for the Indian cinema, gotcha. South Indian cinema. Yeah. And something is coming up, coming up soon. I okay. cannot share okay. the details. Okay. So it's happening. That's you a might... teaser, folks. That's what you call in the industry a teaser. Okay. Yeah, you might see me on big screen. Gotcha. Maybe even end of January. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Okay. So yeah, goals like that. And I, one of my biggest goals is to start making money. Right gotcha. now, I'm not making much money. Yeah. But like. I said next year, yeah. if I'm gonna do this full time, yeah. I need this amount of money yeah. so that I can do this comfortably while taking care of the bills, so my parents could be a bit happy. <coughs> Part of the reason why they're not like super supportive is because of you know like, financial reason. Yeah, right. What you said really kind of resonates with us because whether we're going on a shoot and we're mentoring people or doing a workshop or talking to people, is asking yourself, are you willing to do this and not make money? And in some cases, lose money. You know, in our story, it was, you know, we were we were fine making money doing weddings. It was lucrative. We didn't love it, though. So to give up that revenue and say, okay, we're going to go down this content creator path. And for like, you know, 10, 11 months, zero income. Technically, if you're in accounting and you're, you're back on accounting, it's technically negative revenue year over year. You're actually losing money, right? Uh, until things start to fall into place. So, yeah. you know, I think that's an important question that people got asked us. Are you willing to do this for free? Like, how much do you love this thing? Right. And believe in it, right? Right. I did for free for one year. Yeah, yeah. And is this something that you just, 
you're going to keep doing it. Is there an end goal for this? Or is this something that, like, for decades and decades, you see yourself just making music? Oh, no. Like, I, I see myself doing this for a long period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And one of the things that I noticed is that even in the year, there's different... I, I don't want to offend you by saying that, but there's different versions of Navini that we hear yeah. on the songs that you were on. Do you see yourself as an evolution, or is it just that I'm Navini and I have these five to ten kind of voices? That's it. Yeah. Really? That's it. I, I don't try to sound different. I don't try to give different mode. Like I said, like yeah. the, the, you asked me, what's the secret? Right. There's no secret. Yeah, yeah. It's just that, I don't know, it's just... It's like a magic, yeah. you know, like when when I know I'm ready, yeah. it kind of happens. Yeah. But I know that I show up, I put out all my effort in a song when I'm writing. Yeah. That's all I do, but everything else happens on its own. People hear your music and, you know, people love lists. They love listing things and ranking things. Have you had people rank your songs in a way or say this is their favorite or this is their favorite and sometimes it doesn't align with how you may feel about certain songs or and how do you take that uh i like all my songs okay. but i know that i have favorites too depending on my mood yeah if i'm like out like you know i'm going to a party i like to jump to kadali mm. um when i'm listening to the song navini that was uh, shot in chennai, chennai in the yeah. market that gives me a different kind of confidence yeah when i listen to that i feel like i'm on that's the top a banger of the world. <laughs> like i mean even as a guy listening to that song i'm like oh, you can't not listen to the song and feel sort of a, bro, a bravado or a confidence that comes along with it, right? Yes. And Kalki, the song that I did with uh, Sean Vincent the Bomb, yeah. it's some. It, it's a song that I keep close to my heart yeah. because while recording the song, we were both emotional yeah. because there's like a side of us that we don't know why why we are angry, why we yeah. feel sad yeah. when we were talking about, you know, the song. Yeah. And um, Well, I want to talk about that song. I was trying to get there, but you brought it up. But yeah. the song Kalki itself... Uh, I was lucky enough to get a little bit of teaser because, you know, I helped you with the visual. But when I heard that song, there was such an emotional feeling around it because it's not just a song. There's like 40 years. I mean, we can say it even more than that, but yes. really 40 years of history behind it yes. and pain behind it. Uh, that's expressed in three minutes yeah. and in two sets. It's you and it's Sean Vincent de Paul and his verse. And in your verse, you hear both the anger and the resentment but also the sadness yes so how did that begin like did you always know you had to make a song that was almost like an ode to the experience and the plight that we went through or was this something that you heard the beat and you just it came to you yeah so that's how it works so uh my producer yeah uh, dj dynasty yeah. he sent me the beat and then i wanted to write as I am speaking to the people like I am talking that's yeah. why like you know in the beginning it, it's just me like talking so like I was saying what, that opening verse again this is where I speak to the versatility of you and sorry to interrupt but no. you know when you listen to you you can take like any five songs that you have made in this last year and each one is like a different version of you and in this one it's almost like you've gone on a pedestal in the public square like they have in London and you're telling the people yes. our story. Yeah, that's how it felt when I was recording the track. Right. I was like, it was like, like you said, I was angry, I was sad, yeah. I was like lost of words. And my, there was like a part where like my voice was like cracking. Yeah, yeah. And then Chan was like, we're keeping it. Yeah. Like we're keeping it. And I, and I think, and you know, when we interview him, and I, this is something I want to bring up, that sort of hearing that, 
and those inflections and the cracking and the emotion, I think that just made that song what it is. Yes. And, you know, Thank you. For, for me, it really resonated with me. It's hard to not get emotional hearing that song, um, you know, depending on people's experiences. And it's something that, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, you know, a white person or a black person, when they hear it, they won't, they won't hear that. Yes. Uh, but, I, I, you know, thank you guys for making that. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, we talked about this when we were setting up this interview is that there's a lot of people that will go on social media and be activists for the stuff back home, which, okay, that's good. But I think what's more important is to cultivate that anger, that emotion, sadness, whatever it is, and create something and tell a story and impact people and change, you know, and, and rewrite history in a way. Absolutely. I even said that uh, before, like, Everybody is like in this trend to talk about issues on social media, but what's the solution? Mm. What's the steps? Like, can we talk about that? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah, watching yeah. the news. Yeah. Like social media, all these posts, it's like watching the news. Okay, yeah, you're learning something. Yeah. But it ends with so many questions. Yeah. What are we gonna do yeah. about it? Exactly. You know, are we are we gonna go back and yeah. fight, or are we gonna are we gonna do it from here? Yeah. Are we gonna attract the Canadian government? Like, yeah. what are we gonna do? Yeah. What What you is know? the? And this is something we talked about. What are the tangible things that people are going to enact? To change to, to actually create change yeah and you know this is the unfortunate thing is that you see so much of this like awareness being raised but it's almost like you know putting water and putting it to boil and it's just evaporating into steam like nothing you don't no one's harnessing that steam yeah to create wheels in motion in a way exactly so is this something that really bothers you that even came up during the song that like we wanted to create something that really could change people's mind and impact them or like um, it's more of a long term. I think that when we created this song, we were talking from a different perspective. Yeah. Like my verse was like directly talking to to humans, saying right. that like why can't we gather first as as Tamils? Yeah. You know, and support each are other. Are we humans or are we animals? You say in one of the opening right. lines, right? Yeah. Like what are we? What are we? Yeah. yeah. You know. So I think that like when you when you said that like. Who were you thinking about? Were you thinking about our parents' generation or were you thinking about our generation, the people that are living in Western society? Like, who were you thinking about when you wrote that? When, when I was saying that verse, yeah. I was thinking about humans in general, not Tamils, not ah, like, okay. like everybody. Yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. war happening as we speak Everyone. right now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we're not being humans right now. We are, we're like, just like once upon a time when we like killed animals, yeah. like we're killing humans. Yeah. It's not With only happened to us. that same sort of ferocity us. and yeah. mindlessness. Yeah. Know. Like now, like I see these videos of animals protecting their own kind, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and then I see like humans attacking like our own kind. Yeah. 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 Right. You know, and you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I, you know, a prime example is that we'll have people that will stand up for animals more than they would stand up for their own brother or sister. When I say brother or sister, I mean just their humankind. Yes. It's almost like they have more emotion for that than their own people. They'd rather attack another human over something like this. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's funny, and again, thank you for sharing that insight, because when I hear the song, I, I thought you were talking to Tamil people, and I thought you were specifically talking to a certain... So, so to hear you give that kind of insight is, again, a reward for anyone that really resonates with that song. Thank you, yeah. Is that the sort of only time or do you see yourself kind of revisiting that subject matter more and more 
I think I, I would. Yeah. I would. Uh, right now, I do have a few songs pending. Right. Um, I have like a motivational song yeah. for like us Tamil people to like stand together. Right. Let's win together. Right. Let's take over the world. Like right. you know, even if we don't have a country, let's make this universe our own. Right. We're everywhere. Yeah. Tamils are everywhere in the world. Yeah. yeah like you know, let let's and use you know, that. It's something that may, most people are not you know privy to as well. Is that Tamils. You might. Some people might be offended. We don't really have a place to call our yes. own. A lot of cultures will have a home country. Uh, we don't really have that. Yeah. And some people might say, no, we have this place or that place or whatever it is. Or we have a place that should have been ours or whatever it is. Um, but there's something unifying that we can create. And the thing is, at the end of the day, you can see the impact of the Tamil community and the Tamil diaspora everywhere. everywhere. CEOs of billion-dollar companies, some of the biggest artists, impacting some of the music, biggest music changes Every facet, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Ar Rahman as well, like just you know the way he's crossing borders. There's a whole bunch of people. The list goes on and on. Humanitarian efforts, doctors, all this kind of stuff. Absolutely. But what you're what you're saying here is, and what I think is, there isn't that unifying thread. Almost, Mm -hmm. it's like we have these examples, but that culture isn't you know coming together in a way. Yes, I think that right now, all we have to do is. We support each other. Yeah. Like, you know, we have to motivate each other because yeah. none of the other people are going to do that for us. Exactly. You know, like, I know there's a lot of topics going on about jadi, religion, and all that stuff. Yeah. We need to, like, focus on being a good human first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we will have to take the next step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, like, it almost seems like people fall on, fall on one side of the coin or the other. Whereas we'll have an issue like caste. You know, and it'll come up in social media or whatever it is. And certain approaches are like approaching it with like anger in a way or, or a certain level of uh, most offensive maneuver. Yes, I agree And, you know, we talked about it as well. And I don't think that's the best way to impact change. I don't think for me to change someone's mind, if you had a predisposition, it's me to come and yell at you yeah, and call you an idiot, yeah. idiot or whatever stuff. I think really needs to come from a place of empathy. Uh, and this is something that you were talking about as well, but that's the power that your music has. Yeah. It's empathetic, right? Music connects with people Yeah, way faster than anything else. Yeah. It's a universal language. I will argue that. I will say there's two things. (laughs) Okay. Music and food. (laughs) Music and food are the two things. (laughs) Okay, yeah. They don't have passports. They don't respect borders. They don't give a fuck or anything. They just little, they will go to your true core and they will change your mind of how you feel about certain things. I agree with you. Uh, have I convinced yes. you? Okay. Yes. Um, and again, I, sorry to go off topic, but, you know, in making these kind of musical experiences that are meant to unify people, um, where do you see this kind of culminating to? Do you see this becoming a charitable movement? Do you see this becoming um, almost its own kind of media movement where other artists are coming in to support? Or where do you see this going? I think it starts with yourself. Yeah. Um, so even if you wanted to create a movement, mm-hmm. you have to be committed to it. Mm-hmm. You need to have a vision for yourself yeah. because um, when you are on your own path, yeah. right, and your vision is very clear, right. people will join you. Yeah. But you need to make sure yeah. that you're going on the right path first. Yeah. So I am focused on fixing myself. Right. Fixing. Okay. So Navs. Is this the path that you want to go right, 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 right. towards? Yeah, yeah. Is this the right time? Yeah. So, you know, like, I feel like I don't look up to anybody in that term. Right. I just follow my heart. Right. I know that, like I said, human trafficking is yeah. something that I am definitely going, like... Trying to impact and change. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that's, like, a path that I'm taking. And 
I feel like I'm really unstoppable. Right, right, right. Like Good. I feel that energy. Like Good. I'm unstoppable. Like yeah. I'm going all in. And this is one of the things that when we talk to people, we tell them is like you need to have the confidence that you are the greatest thing on earth, but also behind closed doors, be super critical of what you do and be yeah. your own biggest critic in a way. Yeah. So that you actually kinda of back that up in a yeah. way. And yeah. and you have to be humble. Yeah. And I don't ever want like, you know, people's praise or wherever I go in yeah. my music career to ever affect me in a way yeah. that I am the shit. Yeah. I know that I am the best when I'm recording a track. Right, right, right. But when I come out of that booth, yeah. I'm just a normal person. It's almost like you embody that character for that moment in that period yes. of time to create this piece yeah. and then you leave that. Yeah, same thing when I perform, only when I get to that stage, yeah. I'm going to pretend like I am the best. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. when I come out of it yeah. and when people approach me, yeah. I'm just a normal human being. And this is the thing I have to talk to you about because the character and persona of Navs47 it's totally different for who you are when we had that phone conversation and <laughs> we were setting this interview up. Um, does that something that, you know, is that something that you're just aware of? Or, like, how do you how do you resonate with that? Because I'm sure people have told you before, like, oh, my God, I didn't think you were like this. Or, like, yes. I saw this. And does that bother you in any way? Or is it just, it is what it is? No, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. It's just that it, it happens to me automatically yeah. when I'm in my zone, yeah. when I am recording, when I'm performing. Right. But... When I'm walking on the street, yeah. I'm still confident. Yeah. But Are I don't you more of an introvert or an extrovert when you're outside of the recording booth and off the recording stage? Depends or... who I'm surrounding myself with. Okay. You know, I could be an introvert if I'm not with the right group. Yeah. But I could be talking about anything and everything if I am usually around creative People. People. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. I found myself falling asleep when I'm with a group of people because I'm not interested in what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know, I'm sorry to go to hard pivot, but you talk about a lot of important issues and you, you know, mention these things. Are you afraid of certain things that you might say or do say uh, may limit, you know, even the countries that you can go visit or the places that you can go to or the people you know? Does that ever sink in or do you just not care about that? No, I don't care about that. Yeah. And the reason I bring this up is that, you know, you can say certain <laughs> things and, you, you know, unfortunately, uh, what used to be a home country is right now a pretty oppressive regime. Yeah. Um, and they might not welcome you back and that kind of stuff. And that's something that you're just, at this point in your life, you're okay with. Yeah, I'm okay with. At the, at the same time, if you see music as music, as art, as yeah. like a, a way to express yourself, right. these kind of things would like never affect you in any way. Yeah. You know, yeah. like if I'm happy with putting out a music and I, if I feel like, oh, I'm not going to be welcome into a country that yeah. doesn't really like consider us, us as people. As people, yeah. I'm not. It's not your loss, it's theirs in a way. Yeah, I'm not yeah, the same yeah. thing. But at, at the same time, I want to work close with UN. I want to build that kind of background. Yeah. So when I go back to Jaffna, I know that I'm going back to make a change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually truly give value back, yes. not just talking about it. Yes. And I think that's an important thing to give back because, you know, a lot of people, whether it's an entrepreneur, whether it's a creative, I feel like more than ever, people are being socially conscious. Like, buy this and we donate 50% to charity or whatever this is. But some of these things, like, it's almost like half-hearted and it's not yeah. really thought out or any of these kind of things. No, um, I, I'm going back to, to Jaffna. Yeah. I, I have, but it's good to hear that you're actually putting in the work and getting the experience before you go back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think that I'm going to settle down, if anything. Really? Yes. That's where you'd want to settle down? Yes. Okay. I, we have a house in the village. Yeah. Um, that's where my mom is from. Right. And it's like an open roof house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, if, if 
everything goes well as I planned, yeah. if I get the right support, I want to make a change and I want to be <coughs> present when I'm making this. I don't want to be yeah. here and making change over yeah. there. I want to be present. To go there. there, open a recording studio, empower the youth there, all that kind of stuff. Yes, that's part of it too. Wow. That's part of it too. I mean, that would be huge too, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've heard that right now a lot of... Um, you know, youth are getting addicted to drugs. Mm. They're supplying drugs to universities and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's not okay. Yeah. And again, that makes me angry. Yeah. And um, I don't know what I can do. Especially when you see the potential of what our people can do. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. What and I think that if, if there is like, a, you know, a recording studio where they can express themselves yeah. or even like a, a place where mm. they like they can express their artistic ways. Because I feel like there's not enough enough outlets for yeah. them and i think that if all the artists could get together and build something yeah that'd be huge yeah yeah um what are some of your musical influences to be honest with you mm -hmm. i don't easily get influenced nothing i like kavinyar kandadasan the okay. poet okay but i feel like if i <coughs> listen to someone's music i might copy their style mm -hmm. maybe that's why like I am like all over the place yeah, 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 because like I'm still to figuring stay, out yeah. my yeah. myself as an artist. Yeah. But obviously, I look up to people like MIA. Yeah. Um, she's a huge influence. Yeah. But when it comes to writing or listening, I don't easily get. Not to say that there's not good people out there. There's amazing artists out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But I think that what I am creating is completely different. Because like I'm creating and in Tamil and Bali, So you don't see other artists to sort of like get ideas or anything like that. It's almost like you approach it your own way. Yeah, like like I said, fifteen years I've been I've been working You've on, already been cultivating it. Yes. Fifteen gotcha. years uh, I've been like working on myself, my thought process. Like I said, when I hear a beat, I'm already thinking about visuals. Right. So um, in terms of influence, my mom influenced me Kavinjar Kanadas and people like MIA, other women in this industry, yeah. they influence me. But no offense, they're obviously great people that I could look up to. But right. it's honestly, like, I don't want to copy their style. So I keep myself away Wait. from being influenced by... So by what's on your playlist, though? Who do you listen to? Really? My songs. Really? <laughs> Lately, I've been listening to a lot of, like, instrumentals. But I imagine when you're listening to it, it's almost like... It's almost like homework in a way, and it's almost like prepping for the next one in a way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I listen to a lot of like South Indian um, music directors, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah. songs. And I don't really listen to English songs much. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I, for the longest time, I didn't even know I could rap. Because I didn't know rap existed. And you mentioned this on the other podcast too, that someone else had to tell you that that's rap. You're yeah. a rapper. Yeah. I had a hard time accepting it. So you were literally doing these things, expressing these characteristics in that kind of cadence, in that kind of way, and you didn't know. I didn't know. Right. I still don't know what I do. <laughs> so, I mean, how did that come to be then? Like, uh, how did you, how did you see yourself I doing just thought, those things? I just thought it was my own style. I, I'm just baffled by this. I'm sorry for my confusion. I'm sorry for the people listening to this <laughs> that are like, can this guy ask the question properly? Yeah. Um, but how do you get to that point? without listening to typical hip-hop. Like hip-hop coming up in the early 80s was this sort of thing and it was associated to breakdancing and, and graffiti and all this kind of stuff. There were these pillars of hip-hop that you were never exposed to. No. 
because like I said, I was I was born in in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Then I was raised in Montreal. Yeah. And then Toronto. Yeah. And I was always involved in Tamil music. Yeah. So rap culture, hip hop culture. Is, you were nothing part of. You were never part no, of. No. No. Interesting. Um, just recently, like uh, my uh, younger sister introduced me to J Cole's music. Okay. Just recently. Okay. And I'm like, yo, this guy is dope. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. he has like a storytelling kind of. Uh, Flow, flow. Yeah. and that's something that I did with like my Mali song because right. I'm telling a story. Yeah. Uh, but just now, like I'm doing my homework, gotcha. you know. Gotcha. But before, like I know this sounds crazy, but I've been always. It does sound crazy, but it's I, also amazing in a way that that sort of idea of hip hop and what it represents can exist. Yeah. You know, in different places. Absolutely. So I I always thought that this was me my own like this is how i express myself mm. this is my own style i was mm. kind of disappointed to know yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. actually something that existed for a very long time yeah, but yeah. at the same time i feel like oh now i know right like i right, oh, finally okay this is the category you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. but i've been doing this for 15 years yeah. without knowing that this is rap hip-hop genre yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you had to pick you know right now the the one piece of music or one piece of art and this is the only thing that you can listen to for the rest of your life. Would it be something that you yourself would create, or would it be some someone else's work? Oh, um, this I is a real hypothetical be, question I like to throw at people. I think I would, I would listen to Tamil music. Tamil music. Tamil music. Is there yeah. is there a particular artist or composer that you would choose? Wow. Um, you can only pick one. I would say for the rest of your life, you can only listen to this one. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, Kevin Jan- Kandasan. Yeah, his music. His poet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a different feeling. Yes, yeah. it, it brings different type of emotions. Right, right, yeah. right. These are like old songs. How does Navini relax? How does Navini kick it when she's not doing music? When she's maybe just needs to let off steam. I drink beer. <laughs> That's it. Yes. Open a beer, kick it. Yes, play some music. That's it. Dim the light. Yeah drink and is there anything outside of music that people don't know about you that might find surprising because hmm. you sound like I mean, we're doing have this conversation it just seems like you, all you do is make music but I, I don't want to believe that I feel like you do other stuff I actually don't no it's just music right now I'm only focusing on music it's music and then you'll have a beer every now and then and then that's it yeah um yeah, that's it. Sounds pretty boring, but I'm really happy. Yeah. I actually don't do anything no gym, at all. No sports, no movies, no other random stuff like that that interests you or... I... I like to watch movies, but lately, the yeah. past like one year, yeah. I've been only focusing on music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like the happiest I've ever been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's... It's not surprising because I find that when people start to see their purpose so clearly, it almost feels like everything else is a waste of time. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, I, I honestly don't want to spend my energy doing things that doesn't involve music or like creating. Yeah. Art. Really, it's either the only other thing that might come into play is maybe family time. Yeah. But outside of that, it's just like anything else is taking away from music time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I also don't do anything at home. Yeah. No wonder my mom is angry all the time. It's yeah. because I don't help her cook. I don't clean the house. Right. I don't do anything. Yeah, like, yeah. I am spoiled in a way where, like, my parents don't ask me to do anything. I'm, like, always in my basement, like, 
you know, like routine, play the yeah. music, yeah. start rapping, and then creating, yeah, yeah. shooting out emails, and yeah, I have a couple of good projects coming up which I cannot share with you. Of course. But by January, I think you will. Uh, this interview doesn't January. come out till January, but you have some stuff that's coming out end of January that you can't share end yet. End of January, okay. yeah. All right. I mean, I tried, folks. So if you're listening to this, I tried to ask her, can't share it yet. I cannot. But that's okay. You won't have to wait that long to find out by the time you hear this thing. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> if there's something that you would want your music to do for someone else that they can feel or do, what would, what would that be? What would that message be? You know, like, like you said, I do music, like, you know, like if you listen to my songs, like every single song is a different vibe, right? right. And honestly, I, I create music that comes from pain, mm. you know, mm. a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's funny because when I find myself being happy, right. I cannot write. Interesting. Like I cannot write. Like when I'm happy, like that <coughs> side of me doesn't come out. Yeah. But when I'm sad, yeah. all of a sudden all this like, you know, different flow comes out of me and right, right, right. like music, like lyrics. And a lot of everything. artists are like this. There's a lot of artists that they talk about their backstory. I mean, you talk to Kendrick Lamar, you talk to J. Cole where J. Cole especially where he talked about his kind of upbringing through his mixtapes and all this kind of stuff. And his struggles, that's what got him famous. And then when he became famous, he didn't have those struggles. And then his music was kind of commercialized and mm. it didn't vibe. So does this scare you in a way that as you go down this path, as your music gets better, as you gain this sort of attention and, you know, all the stuff that you deserve, that you lead a good life, that you might not have as much pain to reflect back on? It is kind of scary because only sadness and dark things lead lead me to... Be creative. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if I would ever What happens be when you're happy then? Like what happens when I life is I have good? to force myself to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that I always wonder about because in the music industry, it's so prevalent. You can go any kind of artist, all kinds of genres. There's these examples where when they were almost inflicting their own pain, but sometimes just coming out of pain, yeah. that their best work came out of. And then as soon as they kind of made it famous, it wasn't the same. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. have you thought about that in any way, or is it just like, no, I or am I just bringing this it. up and now bringing anxiety to you? I mean, like, no, it doesn't bring me anxiety. Yeah. But a part of me is like, definitely, I- I'm worried because I do, I do like to create. Right. And if there will be a point <coughs> in my life where I'm so happy and then I cannot create anymore, yeah, that's like would be like a death of me. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. a part of me would be like, yeah. Amazing. Ugh. Yeah, that, I mean, I hope that doesn't happen. But at the same time, it's like, well, I don't want you to feel sad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's we almost feel that internally. Like, what happens when we don't have these motivators? You know, what happens that these are things that have been so influential on our lives to create things? Yeah. What happens when you remove that from the story? What happens? What happens then? Yeah. Then who's NAS 47, Exactly. Right? And I think that also a part of me um, is not afraid because... I have 15 years of like work. It's yeah. like, you know, I have books and books of like songs written when I was sad. So yeah. I could always like fall back to yeah. those memories. You have a lot of work to kind of pull from. And I get influenced by other people's pain as well. So if I meet you and you tell me a story, yeah. that would influence me to create something. Right, right, right. right so, right. or like, like I said, like watching a movie and when I see something that affects me, that yeah, will yeah. make me create something too. So, Amazing. And especially going to like different countries, you've been to Rwanda and seeing those stories. People, yeah. There's inspiration to be had. It's a matter of yeah. actually putting in the work to get that. Right? Yeah. In Rwanda, like they face genocide too. Yeah. So I was able to relate to a lot of their stories to yeah, like yeah, yeah. ours. So, 
Amazing. I had this one question that I really wanted to ask you, and then I completely forgot that question. So I'm going to ask you something else entirely now. Um, <laughs> when you actually go through the process of like going to these different countries and putting out your music, have you ever had interactions or anything like that? I've, I've, I mean, it's only been a year, um, but I've shown you a side of the music industry that you'd like to change or feel that you know is, is unsavory, or has it been smooth sailing so far? Uh, you know, like. I hear a lot of people say that Tamil people don't support each other. Yeah. But to be honest with you, I've been getting a lot of support from Tamil people. So in the music industry, they've been just... Very supportive. Gotcha. And these are like independent artists from like UK, <coughs> Germany, like you know, like... All over. It's like all over the world they've yeah. been supporting me. Um, and also like in, in Canada, yeah. a lot of like, you know... Uh, big people are willing to like sponsor my work and stuff right, like that. Right, right, right. So that was like, okay, good. Like they're slowly seeing potential in this industry yeah. and they want to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. work with you Amazing. all of a sudden. Amazing. And, yeah. I mean, that's good to hear. It's refreshing to hear for people that are out there, especially young women that want to get into music that it's not what it might be portrayed in like movies or in the US or that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, hopefully like when it stays I, that way too, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like all, the whole thing about the Me Too movement and all this stuff happening in China, it's scary yeah. Yeah. for like a female artist to it's like terrifying. step into this yeah. industry. Yeah. And I like, you know, eventually when I reach my goals, mm -hmm. then I want to help another independent artist yeah, who's from, you know, Jaffna, who is who can represent me and right, right, like right. our people. Yeah, Eventually yeah. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. So I want to create like first I need to make sure that I'm I'm okay before I could help another person. Of course. So like a part of my goal It's almost like being on an airplane, you gotta put on the oxygen mask for yourself. Exactly, before you can right? Help someone else. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. wanna make sure that I reach my goals first. Yeah. And then yeah, for sure. Yeah. I want to help like other I remember the question I was gonna ask you. Awesome. You sing and rap in Tamil, in our language. Um, and some people would say that automatically restricts the audience that you can reach. Uh, especially here where a lot of Tamil people don't necessarily, well, they're not necessarily fluent in the in the language. Like I can speak it, yeah, not as good as you can speak it. <laughs> so when I hear your music, I'm picking out the words, and then I kind of have to go back and listen to it a few times to fully get the message. And there's a lot of double meanings and triple meanings because our language is so beautiful in that way, oh, yeah. where a word can mean different different things depending on how it's enunciated or said or whatever it is. So. When you create your music, do you think about who's actually listening to the other side? And do you think about the idea that your audience might be bigger in a different continent than it is here? Yeah. So, like, my targeted um, listeners yeah. are obviously, like, India, yeah. Malaysia, yeah, Singapore, Singapore, you know, like, pretty much South <coughs> Asia. Mm -hmm. But, like I said, Tamil people are all over the world. Right. So. It's almost like you're picking up people from all over the world as you aim at this target audience. Yeah, I mean, if Spanish music yeah. could be played in in the US and if it could reach Hollywood, why yeah. can't Tamil music? You took the words out of my mouth. I was literally going to bring up that genre too. Right? Yeah. But it's so true. Is that it's, some... Our language is one of the oldest, richest and purest. Yeah. And a lot of people need to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Who so... knows? Maybe like Jay-Z is going to hear my Tamil song and he'll be like, you know what? This sounds beautiful. Yeah. Or MIA. You know, yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. oh, let me put like a... Tamil female artists yeah. in one of my tracks. It, it's possible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that is, comp it's like a big secret for people that don't speak the language or are not privy to the language. It's, yeah. It, it's not your, it's not structured in a way like English where your verb is here and then you have your noun. And all. It's structured in a way that is 
when you speak it, it's almost poetic. Yeah. Right? And there's so much history. And again, double meanings, triple meanings in certain ways that you talk about things. But it's amazing that you say that. Um, when you actually go down this path, do you ever see yourself not singing or, ta- uh, or rapping in, exclusively in Tamil? Do you ever see yourself exploring, maybe not even in English, but other languages? Good question. I do speak French. Um, I don't know, but I could only, right now, I could only picture myself making music in Tamil. Okay. Like my brother was telling me, his name is Jefferson. Yeah. He was like, why don't you try making music in English? Yeah. Mix English and Tamil. Yeah. And, then, and he said, I could help you. But I said, you know what, l- let me like focus on like expressing myself in Tamil. Maximize this pe- potential. Yes. Uh, but maybe, but right now, like, I can only see me making music in Tamil. Right. But when I'm collabing with other artists, like for an example, Sean Vincent de Paul yeah. and other artists who rap in English, yeah. it kind of works out, you know, both yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, toward the tail end of the interview, there's a couple of questions that I ask everyone. Um, one of them being is, how do you navigate adversity or uh, negativity in a way? When these things, these emotions, they happen, how do you deal with it? How do you process that? Um, like... I've dealt with so much negativity mm-hmm. throughout like my my life that it yeah. doesn't affect me. I like to think that everybody loves me. Right. That's it. So that you just have a different outlook on it. I I don't I don't I don't see like see like I don't divide things like oh this is negative or positive. I just see it as an emotion, and it has to be welcomed. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like you're saying that oh like don't be sad all the time yeah. because being sad is a negative emotion. Yeah, but I'm being sure sad, you feel sad, you feel angry. Yeah. How do you process that? Like, what do you do? When I'm angry, when I'm sad, I express it through music. I write it down. So that's your outlet. Uh, that's my outlet since since I was a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been helping me. I mean, and I guess for people that are you know the creatives that are watching this, whether you're a photographer, whether you're a painter, whatever it may be, is maybe just. Use your craft as your outlook then, is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. That was my escape and it will continue to be my escape. Gotcha, gotcha. How do you navigate change? Because, you know, the music industry is changing. How people listen to music is changing. Um, people are less inclined to pay for music. Like, they just expect it to be free. Yeah. Um, how do you see yourself navigating that? Do you, do you expect to be, you know, monetized in a certain way? Yeah. Or do you, like, look at it as, like, I'm just going to put my work out there? Like, how do you see that? Well, I told myself for one year I'm gonna do everything for free. Right. But right now I reached a point. Yeah. I'm like, you need to pay. If you want to listen to Nas Forty Seven, you're gonna buy me. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna come see me, you're gonna pay for. Yeah, yeah. Buy a ticket to come see me. Yeah, yeah. If you could do that to go see other famous artists yeah. from South Asia, yeah. you could do that yeah. for an artist who are from your own culture. Right. 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 Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, you, you gotta pay me. I do this full time. You yeah. need to respect. It's like hiring a photographer for your wedding. Yeah. You're not you're paying him for yeah, his work. Exactly. You're not paying hey, your makeup. You can artist. shoot this and it's like exposure for you, a promotion for you. Yeah. No, 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 no. Nothing like that. Yeah, yeah, makeup yeah. artists, you pay for their work. Yeah. Same thing. You want an entertainer? You gotta pay for it. Yeah. Exactly. For the people that are listening to this that are maybe in the same situation you were in three, four, five years ago where the parents maybe not supporting this, maybe they're working a bank job, whatever it may be, what would you tell that person in terms of pursuing something that's a creative endeavor and getting on with it? Like, for me, it wasn't easy. I I assure you it won't be easy for anybody to, like, completely stop doing what you used to do to start something fresh. It is scary. Yeah. But you don't want to be at 50, 60, and then think to yourself, 
maybe if I try this, yeah. what would have happened? Right. You would only know the answer to it if you actually did it. I'm not saying that I'm going to be successful, right. but at least when I'm 50, 60, I'm not going to think, what if I tried this? That question wouldn't be there. Right, right. I know that I tried it, and then I'm here because I tried it. Right. Doesn't matter if I became successful or not. Yeah. At least I would have the answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I tried it. It didn't work out. Amazing. So I chose the plan B. Yeah. Not you know? to not to look back and regret. No. And think about I, I what if, what if, what if, what if. No. Amazing. Yeah. So you know, if if you picture yourself being at you like I don't know late 50s, 60s, and if you're asking yourself what if. Yeah. That will kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That will kill you. I'm telling you. And you don't want to. You don't want to put yourself in that situation. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That's it. <laughs> thank you guys for watching and thank you guys for listening. However you took it in. Again, Nas Forty Seven. Thank you, Navini, for sitting down with us and telling us. Check out the music, whether it's YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, what have you. Nas Forty Seven. Check it out and enlighten yourself. I really think it. it <laughs> if you can, if you understand the language. It will truly open your eyes in a way that other songs don't. If you don't listen, you know, understand the language, still listen to it. There is something still poetic that you will take away uh, from that experience. So thank you. thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time.